Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews. How are you all? I am very well, although I've had a pudding-related catastrophe today. Uh, Very sad. So the story is, honestly, this is actually about nothing. So do fast forward if, if you want to. But anyway, so got some puddings in some very nice chocolate puddings but not enough for everyone a missing one and I said that's absolutely fine because I knew I'd got some really lovely black currants in no blackberries um some blackberries and strawberries and a pot of cream so I was like no 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 it's okay I'll make the sacrifice I'll take one for the team you have the lovely chocolate puddings even though they said we could eat them out make them share no 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 it's okay I'll do this this once so that was fine. And for some reason, I can't remember why, they ended up having their puddings first. So then I came to mine, opened up the box of blackberries. Oh my goodness, I do not know what had occurred in that box. Some sort of World War Three had gone on. And there was only one blackberry that I could salvage from this whole box. So then I thought, no, let's get the strawberries. We'll just have all the strawberries. I have never tasted strawberries so disgusting in my life. They just didn't taste like real strawberries. There are Haribo sweets that taste more natural than these strawberries. I don't know what was going on. So in my bowl, literally, there was one blackberry and certain quantity of cream, I have to say. Well, I had to make up for it. But yes, that was my pudding. I feel I really have lost on that one. I was trying to be so good. And ended up very sad. So there we go. That's where I am. <laughs> How about you? What's going on with you? Well, there's lots going on in the lovely Facebook group. I'll come on to that. We've got some fantastic books to talk to you about. We've got an author interview. There's just lots to cover. So I better get started, hadn't I? So first of all, if you haven't joined our Facebook group, please come along and join us. Just type in Quit Book Reviews podcast in and you should be able to find us quite easily. So at the moment, there's lots of different books being read. It's great. We've got Elaine, who's reading The Puppet Show by M.W. Craven. Love that book. Uh, Rachel's reading How to Disappear by Gillian McAllister. 
Love that book. <laughs> uh, Sally's reading Writing Home by Alan Bennett. I haven't read that one of his. I think I really should because I love his writing. Uh, Pat is valiantly reading The Mirror and the Light by Hilary Mantel. I should be reading that one. Um, oh, and she's listening to Little Fires Everywhere as well. That's very good. Joe is reading Lionheart by Sharon Penman. Laurie is reading The Big Chill by Doug Johnston. Well done, Laurie. Um, Karen is reading The Silent Patient by Alan Alex Michaelides, Anne's reading The Queen's Secret by Victoria Larole. Leslie is reading The Daughter of Catalonia by Jane McKenzie. And Helen is reading Firefly Lane by Kristen Hannah. Oh, there is some of these books I have never heard of. How is this even possible? Dare I say it, more books to acquire? Who knows? Well, it'll be interesting to see when they finish reading those books what they think of them and if there's any that they would really really recommend um i've read the silent patient that i know people rave about it but i if it hadn't been for the ending it would have been a thumbs down for me i'm afraid but still it there was a good ending and it it kind of redeemed itself but there we are so um, that's what's happening in the Facebook group. If you want to contact me you know where i am i'm on twitter and instagram quickbook reviews join the Facebook group or you can email me at quickbookreviews@outlook.com. Now let's get on to the books that I'm reviewing today for you. So we've got quite a range as always, you know me. Um, we've got Robert Dawes who's written Killing Rock. Uh, we've got Those Who Are Loved by Victoria Hislop. Um, the Goldfinch by Donna Tartt. Oh, now I'll just move those out of the way. We've got Rivers of London, which is a series of books by Ben Aronovich. But this is actually the graphic novel called Waterweed in the series. And finally, uh, we've got LJ Ross. And this particular book of hers is Dark Skies, part of the DCI Ryan mystery series. So there we go. Lots of books to talk to you about. Let's get started. So you will, everyone will know who Robert Dawes is. He's been in so many TV programmes, probably easier and quicker to say which ones he hasn't been in. Um, recently, Poldark. Oh, I don't know, Dot Martin. Oh, I, I mean, whatever I say, I'm not going to cover everything. But you will recognise his voice. You will, you will know who he is. And not only can, can this chap act really well, Turns out he can write really well, too. So he has written a series of books that are crime mysteries. Um, they're all based in Gibraltar and they follow um, each other in order. This book I'm going to talk to you about today is called Killing Rock and it's actually his third book. So I hold my hand up. I haven't read the first two. But what is brilliant about it? Well, there's lots of brilliant things about it. But what is the first brilliant thing about it is that you don't have to have read the first two books in the series to really enjoy it. Um, now, I love a good series and some of them I've read from the beginning. Some I've tried to get in partway through. And I find you can't always because sometimes the the characters have so much development that you can't just easily get into a book if you catch it mid-series. Whereas this is done brilliantly because you can. Um, so you don't, although I would like to go back now and read the first two books having enjoyed this one, it's not necessary. So let's read the blurb before we do anything else. Detectives Tamara Sullivan and Gus Broderick face the most dangerous and elusive murder investigation 
of their lives. And for Sullivan, it's about to become all too personal. Can their relationship endure this latest peril? And will The Rock ever escape its ghosts? Killing Rock is the third thrilling novel in the best-selling Sullivan and Broderick crime series. Um, so it starts off with a murder, of course, and then you've got these two um, characters who both are facing different circumstances. They're, they both work for the police and it's how they work together, but also how they work with the community and how they are going to solve this mystery because it, it really is a mystery. You just don't know. Um, I really enjoyed the book. It's quite short, which I have to say is a is a plus just because I'm reading a lot of books. Um, some of you might prefer long ones, but this is about 226 pages. So it's great because it's very pacey um, and you, you get through it quickly and you're just caught up and captivated by the, the mystery and who who did what and what what's going to happen. Um, you start to care quite early on for the characters involved um, and uh, yes, you certainly are kept turning the pages. Um, as I said, it's set in Gibraltar, which is very interesting, and I think that makes it a little bit more unique. Um, in some respects, it's sort of if you married up the Peter James series and uh, Death in Paradise, you, you would get something of this. Um, there are a lot of similarities I found with this and. and Peter James, but obviously nothing like I being identical. It's just a good read. And frankly, aren't, isn't that what we're all looking for? I'd say it's a strong nine out of 10. It's a good book, different to sort of the average that's out there. Something a bit quirky, especially being based in Gibraltar. Um, but anyway, once I finish doing the book reviews today, You'll be hearing my interview with Robert Dawes to tell you more about the setting of the book, um, why he wrote it and what's coming next as well. So that's very interesting indeed. So hold on for that. Um, I was so pleased to be able to speak to Robert about this book. And I do have to say the cover is gorgeous as well. It's this lovely orange. It'll look very nice on my bookshelves, definitely. Um, so that's very good. Now we come on to a book that wasn't quite as great, I have to say, but I'll hold my hands up. I think it's my fault, as these things often are. But anyway, it's Victoria Hislop's Those Who Are Loved. Now, I rate Victoria Hislop's writing so much. Um, my favourite of her books, ooh, probably The Island. If you haven't read it, I'd really recommend it. It's not easy reading, but it's such a story. And that's what she does. She takes a history, the real history of Greece, and she spins it into a story. So while some might say, well, gosh, this is this is nonfiction. You know, I'm learning so much. It's delivered in a fictional way, which makes it sort of easier to digest. So she she is brilliant. And apparently there's um, a sequel to The Island coming out later this year, which is just going to be great. Um, and I decided to listen to this on audiobook. And maybe that was the problem, actually. Because when I find an audiobook is about a subject that's maybe harder to deal with, um, uh, you know, the murder's more grisly or it's just a bit more heartbreaking, I, I react to it even more as an audiobook. And at this point in time, while I love crimes, thrillers, twists, uh, some things that just go too far for me, I'm finding a bit, a bit hard. So I think it's definitely my fault. But anyway, let's read the blurb because... It, it's a good premise and it might be a book that really rings true for you. Anyway, OK, here we go. 
Athens, 1941. After decades of political uncertainty, Greece is polarised between right and left-wing views when the Germans invade. 15-year-old Themis comes from a family divided by these political differences. The Nazi occupation deepens the fault lines between those she loves just as it reduces Greece to destitution. She watches friends die in the ensuing famine and is moved to commit acts of resistance. In the civil war that follows the end of the occupation, Themis joins the communist army where she experiences the extremes of love and hatred and the paradoxes presented by a war in which Greek fights Greek. Eventually imprisoned on the infamous islands of exile, Themis encounters another prisoner whose life will entwine with her own in ways neither can foresee and finds she must weigh her principles against her desire to escape and live. As she looks back on her life, Themis realises how tightly the personal and political can become entangled. While some wounds heal, others deepen. And uh, yeah, that that summarises it nicely. So I think I was expecting... Uh, it to soften at some point and it didn't and it it just kept getting grimmer and grimmer Um, and why should why should every book have a sort of Disney ending yes I quite like that oh everything's okay now Um, and I'm not saying this you know I don't to give anything away obviously but um, there was some light in this story but I just felt really brought down by the awful suffering um, that the people of Greece experienced and uh, it made it quite difficult for me to stomach. So as I say, it's very well written, incredible knowledge, great writing style, it's plotted well. It just, it just reached a point for me that I couldn't cope with. Um, I don't know, it just seemed quite... It just it was just too much for me. And so I, I kept listening to it. So gold staff to me for doing that. And I would recommend it to people, but it just it wasn't the right thing for me at that time. But as I say, that is no fault of the author um, at all. It's a very well conceived book. Um, it, it was just me as these things often are, I'll hold my hands up. But yeah, so if you're interested in history, but looking at particular European regions and perhaps Greece, then Victoria Hislop, Hislop really does know her stuff. Um, but if you haven't read any of hers, I would suggest uh, The Island or Sunset as uh, two books to start with of hers. I mean, The Island isn't all, you know, roses and flowers and uh, music playing at all. In fact, maybe now I think about it, maybe it's exactly the same and I just was at a different place. I don't know. Anyway, try them. See what you think. Let me know. Um, But boy, that lady knows her stuff and can write. So there we go. Now, the next book is called The Goldfinch by Donna Tart. Now, before I talk to you about this book, I need to have quite a large sip of coffee because I'm going to need it. Bear with me. Okay, thank you. Coffee has been acquired. Right, so this book, I had high hopes. Oh my goodness, I'm just like a record on repeat, aren't I? What am I saying? We did this um, as a buddy read for one of the book clubs I belong to. I've never done a buddy read before, but normally we would meet up every eight weeks face to face and talk about the book that we've been reading during that eight week period. Of course, circumstances as they are, and we've been catching up with each other every week 
on Zoom, which has been lovely. But it's also you can get a bit. Well, personally, I can get a bit dragged down into sort of any bad news and what's been going on. So I suggested a buddy read, which, as I say, I've never done before, but I've heard a lot of good things about them. And a buddy read is very simple. Choose a book, choose who you're going to read it with and then agree how many pages you're going to read before you catch up next. So it's not that you sit there with your buddies and you are literally reading the book and say, right, can I turn the page now? No, wait, it's none of that. Um, so we would say every week, right, we'll read 100 pages because the Goldfinch is about 850, 860 pages long. It's quite a weighty book. And so reading it 100 pages each week was a great way to just break it down um, I wasn't put off by the, the, the book size by doing it that way and just coming back together again and saying, oh, how are you getting on? What did you like? What didn't you like? What are you thinking lies ahead was a great way to do it. I would really recommend it. It's not something that you would probably do all the time but it's great just to experience it. Now, a buddy read doesn't have to be with a whole book club. You could literally just have one person that you do it with. Um, it doesn't it doesn't matter, but it's just a nice way to keep in touch and just check what, what you're thinking about the book. So um, up to certainly halfway through, maybe even two thirds, I would have given this book a good nine out of ten, um, if not more. I was really intrigued by it. There were it was easy to read yet quite a technical book um there was this bewildering story that that was going on oh i should read you the blurb really shouldn't i there we go here we go age 13 theo decker son of a devoted mother and an absent father miraculously survives a catastrophe that otherwise tears his life apart alone and rudderless in new york he is taken in by the family of a wealthy friend theo is tormented by longing for his mother and down the years, he clings to the thing that most reminds him of her, a small, captivating painting that ultimately draws him into the criminal underworld. So there we are. It is quite a book. Um, uh, where to start with this one? I, As I say, I did really enjoy it and I thought I was going to love it and give it a high mark. But the last third, at least, disappointed me. Um, I started to really find the story hard to sort of credit and believe what was going on. Um, I found the writing just, uh, it wasn't as, sh as snappy and as short as before. It was more meandering, which I understand can reflect a character in different stages of their life. But it just pulled the whole thing right down for me. So uh, if you're looking for something that is uh, quite an interesting read, a technical read, then maybe this is this is something for you. It's certainly a, an amazing novel. Um, but I've not put it like this. I haven't uh, put the book down at the end and immediately gone on to order some of her other books, uh, which I think is quite telling. It, it was... Um, it was a very sad book. Not in its writing. Obviously, the writing's good, but it, it just left me feeling yes a bit sad oh my goodness Robert Dawes is the only one who who's helped me feel any joy this week and his book is about murder so I don't know what's going on with me anyway but um it's a book I would definitely give my mother to read 
and um, I'd certainly throw it into conversations where I'm uh, trying to impress. Um, but the goldfinch is not one that will earn top shelf status uh, on my bookshelves, I'm afraid. So let's talk about the graphic novel. And yes, we all know when Philippa reads a graphic novel, she's having a bad day. And that's absolutely true, maybe because of those books that I'd, that I'd read. So um, Rivers of London, Waterweed by Ben Aronovich. If you haven't heard of the Rivers of London series, um, essentially they're crime combined with magic. Uh, people either don't enjoy them so much or absolutely love them. If you're fans of the more eclectic books, Jodie Tell Taylor, uh, Jasper Ford, then these could be for you. There's a whole series of them. The audiobooks are really well narrated too. Um, and uh, they're just quite funny, quite dark. Um, as I say, good, good m crimes to, to solve. And although I've read some of the books, I've never read any of the graphic novels that uh, occasionally come into the series as well. There's a few of them. Anyway, the blurb. Let's read the blurb. So, London's waterways have been overrun by a brutal and beautiful queenpin of crime. A menacing figure known only as the Houdette is sending her henchmen along the river to distribute her new magically produced drug. Unfortunately for them, the waterways are home to the rivers of London, ancient gods and goddesses of the British capital who just so happen to have a very close friendship with newly promoted Detective Constable Peter Grant and his mentor Thomas Nightingale. In a gripping tale of cat and mouse from Rivers of London author Ben Aronovich and Andrew Cartmel with art by Lee Sullivan, Peter Grant encounters goblin girls and paintball savvy goddesses as he tries to uncover the Houdette's true identity and find her supply. Um, it's Although it's graphic novel, it's not one for the children. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was a, a good mystery to, to solve. There was some twists. It had some dark humour in. I love the portrayal of the female characters. I didn't like some of the drawings of women. I found them, well, just just not, not great. Um, but that's probably me being far too fussy. The story itself I thought was really good. So if you're looking for quite a short graphic novel, something just to sort of take you away from some of the books that you've been reading lately, um, sort of freshen you up a bit, then I think this works really well. And I did actually, when I finished it, look to see about getting some of the other graphic novels in that series so that's a good sign um, and it does seem that they had other types of front cover designs that they were looking at the one that they chose is the one that uh, yeah I don't think much of because it's women with very very tight clothing on it makes me sound like a prude but I just don't think that's a great life lesson to to give to people that might see that book um, but that doesn't speak of the female characters in the book there are some gutsy females which is what we want so yeah I would really recommend it if you're not into graphic novels then it might not be your thing but otherwise worth it bit of fun something different certainly different to the other crime novels you might be reading at the moment so that's Waterweed by Ben Aronovich there we go now we've only got one more book left before we come on to the interview so that's exciting so the final book that I'm talking to you about today is called Dark Skies by LJ Ross and actually she's going to be coming on 
in a few weeks time so that's exciting as well this is uh one of a series of books they're crime books um and i really enjoy them while i would say there is quite a bit of merit to starting on book one and reading through um I didn't do that. I actually listened to an audiobook, The Infirmary, first of all, which actually comes on much later into the story, but refers to events that happen before the first book, if that makes sense. A bit strange, but anyway. Um, and uh, it, it got me hooked straight away. The audiobooks are particularly good. Great narration there. Um, and I like them. They're not overly long. They've got really... They've got really bad baddies and really good goodies in. Um, they've got some great characters on the team with DCI Ryan. Also what I like, and this doesn't apply to every book, and I'm not giving any plot away, but there are times in the series where not everything is settled by the end of a particular book. Um, and so while a lot might be, it's not completely all tied up some of the time. And I really like that because that's so different to quite a few other books in the, in the, in the series. So uh, let's read the blurb anyway. So one fateful starry night, three friends embark on a secret camping trip, but only two return home. 30 years later, the body of a teenage boy rises from the depths of England's biggest reservoir and threatens to expose a killer who has lain dormant until now. Detective Chief Inspector Ryan returns from honeymoon to face danger from all sides. In the depths of Kilda Forest, a murderer has escaped justice before and will do anything to protect the secrets of the past. Meanwhile, back at Northumbria CID, an old foe has taken the helm as superintendent and is determined to destroy Ryan at any cost. Who will prevail in Ryan's most dangerous case yet? Murder and mystery are peppered with romance and humour in this fast-paced crime whodunit set amidst the spectacular Northumbrian landscape. Um, yeah, I would say they're not, these books aren't as hard-hitting. Well, some of the characters are pretty nasty, but they're not as hard-hitting as some crime books. But they're certainly not as light and fluffy as sort of um, some of the MC Beaton crime books. And although my book is actually one of the old style covers, they've just uh, going through the process of all of them being rebranded and there's some beautiful covers coming out. Uh, so if you, yeah, if, if you like crime and you don't want it to be too, too dark, then I would really recommend you try, just try one, see what you think. As I say, they're not long books, so um, you'd soon know if you like them or not. But I, I really enjoy them and I do find this series comforting to return to. I don't know about you, but but I definitely do. So there we go. We've done quite a few books and now we're going to come on to my interview with Robert. I have to apologise for the quality of this interview. Um, not obviously the words spoken, that's the highest quality possible, but it doesn't sound great. I think I still need to take on and do a degree in editing and sound quality with these podcasts. Um, and until we can record face to face with people again, it is going to be an issue. But just bear with me because it's really wonderful to hear what Robert has to say. Um, he's working with a very new publishers and that's very important to hear their story and to hear more about the book and the background. So here we go. Let's talk about this book. Let's talk about this wonderful, wonderful. That's very kind of you. I thoroughly enjoyed it i mean it's a crime series it it's based in gibraltar it's it's just a whole wonderful concept 
did you get that idea as one whole picture? Did it just click into your mind and present? Well, it's it's had an interesting route, really. Um, to be to, to be honest, uh, I originally was commissioned to write a script for television, uh, a new television uh. series, um, and so I did. And I set the story in Yorkshire because they were keen for it to be in Yorkshire. And I'd spent years in Yorkshire filming a, a series called The Royal. Um, so I, I knew it very, I knew the terrain very well. Uh, and I'd done my first sort of dipping a toe into uh, crime, mystery, murder, what have you, was I uh, co-created a, a Radio 4 uh, series called Truman and Riley. Oh. It was set in Hull originally, the first three episode yeah. for 45 minutes was set in Hull and then when we came back for series two and series three uh we moved it across to Leeds for a reason that I still don't quite understand but we did <laughs> and that was so we had a, I had some idea uh, I didn't actually write the episodes I was in it with Duncan Preston you must know Duncan yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Brian B Thompson uh, wrote the scripts and did a, a, a terrific job so that sort of I thought well, this is this is fascinating so I was doing various things with uh, up in, in Yorkshire, and I got permission to write this treatment and, and script uh, for the series. Anyway, uh, it didn't get made. Uh, it nearly did, but it didn't. And uh, you know, there's and that's it. There's there's mm. lots of nearly, nearly yes, television, but it was quite exciting for a little while, and then greatly disappointing for a long time. <laughs> and so it was one of those. But anyway, so it went down to, you know, lay in my bottom drawer, as they say. And then I got talking to a, a friend of mine, Adam Croft. You probably know Adam. I do, yes. I listen every week. Oh, gee. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's lovely. I'm uh, a Patreon, actually. So I get to see you both every week. Well, yeah. I, yeah. Thank you for your service. <laughs> uh, uh, that's absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Uh, well, and he said, writing. Oh, doing bits of pieces and he said have you got any ideas and i said well i've, I've got this i pulled out the trip the, uh, the the television script which was a two-hour television script. and he said well have you thought of turning that into a book and i said no i hadn't thought of that at all um i wouldn't know where to start so uh, he very kindly gave me some pointers and off i went uh and that became the novella which is the as you know the opening book of yeah uh, series thus far, uh, which introduces um, uh, Detective Sergeant Tamara Sullivan, yeah, my uh, protagonist, to, to Gibraltar. question why Gibraltar, I guess, was quite easy uh, for me because I looked at it and I suddenly thought, um, well, I know Gibraltar very well. I've been going to Gibraltar. first time I visited Gibraltar was uh, 1989. Right, yes. and, uh, and I've been going back there every year since. So as a part of, uh, of the world I, I've gotten to know very well. And I've seen it change and evolve and whatever, but the thing about it that fascinated me was, one, it was sunny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which is nice. <laughs> and I thought, well, if I'm sitting here with, with one of these uh, I'm on, a, on a cold grey day, which is be quite a lot of, at the time. <laughs> My mind, when I'm reading, when I'm writing, I want to be somewhere sunny, Mediterranean, the way that I, I like. And then, to my absolute delight, I discovered that the Royal Gibraltar Police Force uh, is the second oldest police force in the world. 
after the London Met, met. Uh, and based on exactly the same principles, law, yeah. whatever you thought. So I thought, well, that's great, because that doesn't, you know, if you're writing, a, setting a detective series in, in Italy, you've got to understand the whole legal system, police, yeah. and whatever. And I said, well, I know this, because I've done all the research already, and it's pretty much the same. Um, so I thought, well, let's see if I can transpose this story, set in York, to... Yeah. Uh, to Gibraltar. Gibraltar. Fantastic. And, and so that's how it came about. Oh, wonderful. I mean, I haven't read the first two yet. This was my first book of yours that I've read. And I'll certainly be going back to, re to read the first two. But what I liked about it is that you don't have to uh, start with the first two. This stands up um, on its own. Was that deliberate? That you, that you uh, yes, I think that's sort of important, um, really, because, uh, you know, with, with a series, you uh, of, of books um you need each one to be a standalone and you need to for people like yourself who haven't read the first two or, uh, or whatever you need to be able to just immediately sort of know where you are have some yeah. understanding of the people that you're you're following uh and 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 the past will dip in and out and if you you do know the things from the previous books that will resonate hopefully but it's not important that you don't um, so that was very important. And to the novella was it was based on the television um, idea, and uh, and that's it's interesting because over the years, you know, the seven or eight I had a chance to write these. Um, I've noticed that uh, uh, that the style has sort of sort of changed. The novella, you, reading it now, is is very clear that there's someone starting out um, uh, with in in a new area, um, and and it's much simpler, but it. it sort of does exactly what it says it because yeah. it just sets the scene it has tamara yeah. arriving literally in disgrace uh from london to uh gibraltar and not wanting to be there and not knowing where her life is going and feeling you know so she's been treated very poorly um and and had no idea what's got to come her way so uh that kick-started it so yes the, and then the second one is is uh a longer read and it's it, it's more intricate in certain ways but all of them share a similar format i suppose i hate formula i hate that too um <laughs> I, is 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 that they start in the past there's an incident that starts in the past uh in uh the rock first one it's uh, 1966 uh and in uh it's 1942 in poison rock and it's 19 well 16 68 in uh, in the new one killing rock um and what has happened is that they've all the three books and there's a ghost story as well which is uh sullivan called uh now it's called echo rock uh, it was tunnel rock for all but uh, it's now mm. solely uh my publisher's hobeck and they, they say it's it's they, 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 it's for free but they're all chronological so the first yeah. book the rock followed by the poison rock uh, followed by Killing Rock, and then the last one is 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 the ghost story uh, until I write the next one, which I'm in the process of doing now. Very good. So all of them are set in over one summer, which of course is quite ridiculous in in the real world, <laughs> because these are major major murder <laughs> investigations. And uh, and I, Peter James said to me, uh, you know, I, I mentioned this. I said, well, they all sort of have to be set sort of chronologically. And he said, don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at Midsummer. Look at all these things. People just want to get into the story, so you know there may be touch from 
uh, certain police officers who go, that's not, you know, that's impossible. And especially uh, because the murder rate in, in Gibraltar, I'm happy to say, is virtually non-existent. In fact, several Gibraltar, the chief, uh, one of the chief uh, ministers in, uh, in Gibraltar said to me once, he said, you have actually uh, made the, the, the murder rate in Gibraltar, you've quadrupled it <laughs> in, in just one book. Uh, so what do you oh, think dear. In there, but that, I don't think that matters. I don't think it no. matters. And I'm, well, at least I've been told by people much wiser and experienced me that it really doesn't matter. I mean, you, you mentioned Peter James, and I, I thought that um, obviously a very, yours is a very different book, but it, it, I think for fans of Peter James, this is a book that they would really enjoy. And uh, I, nice I, I mean, think uh, it worked really well. Yeah, it's nice to know. And, and Peter's sort of uh, uh, been a mentor of mine and been very kind. and. Uh, uh, and I've, all I've done is nick things like he uses the word dead in all his titles, and I use yeah. the rock. <laughs> rock. You know, that's that's my that's my tribute. I drop the cap to to the great man. Um, yes, and uh, and he's an extraordinary writer, as you know. I mean, he's just yeah. the latest Roy Grace, straight in at number one, I know. Uh, and, and, and deservedly so. But uh, it's a it's a nice community, crime writers. You must know that yourself from following them. It's a very nice. I know. I find that so interesting because because in my line of work that that there isn't the community aspect whereas with crime writers on the whole people really do care about each other support each other hold each other up and I just think that well, they're, they're very supportive and, and that's uh, found particularly in uh, in the many um, literary festivals that you have mm. around the country now and indeed around the world um, the writers are very very good uh, at, at helping and I think part of it is because they understand that it's a fairly lonely existence uh, you know, for the vast majority of the process of, of writing a book, um, you're on your own. Um, and it's not until you get to the stage where you're working with your editor uh, or editors and, and your publishers. But by then, you've, you've, you've got the book in front of you. And although, it, you know, it can change quite a lot, not only at all, depending uh, on what uh, your editor and publishers say, uh, that's all at the end of the process. Most of it is just sitting here and uh, and sweating it out and, 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 and driving everyone um, nuts or, 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 or trying to look as if you're busy a lot of writers time of course is spent thinking and working through and whatever and it looks suspiciously like you're just having an afternoon's guest and um so there's no you can't persuade people that you're really writing and yes it's and research away the, you know and whatever and by that which time most of the work has yeah. actually been done so it is a lonely life, and so I think that writers, when they do see each other, understand that there's that that's a common process to us all, um, and and we like having a chat. And that's why I love this process. Yeah, you, know, you learn so much listening to other writers. Yeah, and also uh, more importantly, even than that, is you get a chance to meet uh, your readers uh, and readers of, of this particular genre, the crime uh, fiction in, in particular. Which is absolutely terrific, um, and so yeah, it's 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 well it's well worth the effort. You yeah, know, just to that stage. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, the book is very visual, and I wondered if, with all your incredible acting career, does that sort of help you to see to see it as you, as you're writing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I can't pretend that I've been quite influenced by television script and and uh, uh, writers who've been very influential. Uh, to me, uh, uh, people like you know, John Sullivan, uh, mm. uh, uh, of course, uh, and 
just Matthew. Uh, but I suppose the most beneficial uh, has been uh, the writer Richard Harris, who you may know from his many yeah. plays, Stepping Out and uh, Outside Edge, which was a t- I did a television um. version of of Outside Edge, and I worked with Richard an awful lot, and he was another great mentor for me, uh, because he made his, uh, as a writer, uh, he was, as a younger man, you know, one of the major 1960s, 1970s writers for television, and Mm -hmm. had a, you know, fantastic, before he'd even penned the play, uh, he got a fantastic sort of uh, CV of of, of television, armchair theatres and things like that, and in actual fact, he was first uh, the, the writer to adapt uh, the the frost books so he and he wrote thrillers so he knew the, the genre he knew crime fiction thrillers inside out so i spent a much a lot a lot of time with him and he was very useful so i suppose it's no surprise and some people mm. have commented on it, that the uh, the structure of the books tend to be in, in slightly shorter scenes uh, uh than than some writers care to uh, to uh, express themselves in uh, and write their books. So, yeah, I think the television element, uh, and most of my life has been spent reading television scripts. So, you know, I think yeah. they add to, I've, I've, I'm always conscious of pace in a book. And, and keep, I was just, yeah, I was just going to say, it, the book has so much pace in it and twists. It's a very sort of vibrant read. It's... Um, it just sort of keeps you going. You want to keep turning the pages to find out well, what happened. To hear that really is well. I mean, that's that that's that's really d- delight delightful to hear. Uh, I, I I I like that very much. And you know, I'm, I I judge it by pretty much is is this a chapter that I would want to read? You know, when I when I look back over, yeah. it, you know, you 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 write it, and the way I write is I tend to start a little later on in the day, uh, <laughs> the afternoon, and I write, 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 write. And then I go and watch some television, go up, whatever. And then, of course, you come back to it next morning, by which they, this is a common story with lots of writers. You'll have heard this a lot. Yeah. But and then you look at it and you go, "Who was I kidding? Did I really?" Think that <laughs> and then you you start to self-edit, you know, and you cut down and whatever. And one thing I have noticed, and this is what's the phrase, uh, "kill your babies," that a lot of writers use. That you know you re- reach a. a, a, a a part in a in the story and you know you've done some wonderful research and you've talked to somebody you've talked about you've compiled all this sort of thing and you look at it and you go that's that's gonna go you know because it's only a story it's a lovely piece of information about uh let's think of one example in poison rock for instance of the type of engines they they, they use on the on the, the battleships and in the Mediterranean <laughs> war and how they used to fix them how they used to have to come in for special repair. and i was delighted i was dead chuffed with all that sort of stuff i got it there i thought i could get away with it and then you read it in co- in context with the, the, in relation to the the plot the story and you went yeah that's that's where you'll lose people unless they're particularly interested in, in uh, raw, raw, raw you never know you never know <laughs> and, and let's just talk about hobet very briefly um I mean, they seem a great team and uh, they've really brought some energy to this brilliant book already. You know, it's, I'm very keen to support small publishers. I think it's very important. I think they're, I think they're very much, I mean, what's attracted me to them, uh, apart from themselves, they are they're mm. terrific. Uh, uh, Rebecca and Adrian are, are, are terrific, enthusiastic and, uh, um, and hugely knowledgeable. Uh, and 
I'm passionate about about mm. things. Now I had a sort of a two year gap really where I was just too busy doing other things. Mm. And lucky, but I couldn't. I, I sort of thought, well, I had Killing Rock sort of, sort of there, and I could never get round. And I, I got off publishers. I had offers from from publishers. Um, uh, and uh, whenever it came to the the deal, I used to go. This is this isn't great for me, really. Uh, I'm not just talking about money, but I'm, I'm talking about you know basically. There's this thing about independent writing, uh, and in the old days, it doesn't happen now. There's a sort of a uh, sense of a vanity publishing, which has been not completely decided because yeah. you know the best of uh, independent self-publishing writers is 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 now very knowledgeable, and, and the best stuff does tend to come to the top. Yeah, like yeah. like anything else. Uh, but then the traditional uh, publishing line is is very in, in, in important too. Huge, you know, that's mm -hmm. what uh, the book publishing uh, uh, system has been for you know uh, decades upon decades. Mm -hmm. But for me, I just suddenly thought, no, this takes. I'm looking for something different. So I I put it to the back of my mind, and and said no to the, the offers I had had, uh, much to the chagrin of a, a couple of friends of mine. I said, were you were you kidding? Yeah. And I said, well, no, I just, I, I, it's not quite what I want. And then um, Hobeck came up. They were starting. They were introduced. We, uh, Adam met uh, Adrian up in uh, the wonderful literary festival, Morecambe and Vibes. Yeah. It has to be one of the most glorious names for a literary festival. Yeah. I'm based uh, in a super hotel as well. Yes. And, <laughs> and, 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 well, in Morecambe, that wonderful yeah. thing with the statue of... Uh, Eric up in the uh, uh, up there, so and they run a great a, a great festival, and uh, I couldn't make it for a broadcast of uh, Partners in Crime, our, mm. our podcast, and Adrian very gallantly stepped into the breach and um, uh, and has been doing so ever since, and is a terrific broadcaster, mm. a long history as you know of, of working as a broadcaster. Um, so he, I heard about this, and they said we're just starting out, you know, and I said well, that sounds very interesting. Mm. And they said, well, you know, do you want to take a chance with... I said, I do, actually, because I've listened to you and I've heard what you've got to say. I know you're passionate about the genre yeah. of fiction uh, in, in all areas of it. Uh, and I said, that suits me down to the ground. And I have to say, I've been delighted. They're creative, they're detailed, they're enthusiastic. You could, I, I couldn't ask for any more. Yeah. That. Wonderful, and, uh, you know, and so um, yeah, I think they're great, and I wish them all the, all the very best. They're, they've got uh, new authors lining up from all over the world actually to join them. So word's gone around pretty quickly. Uh, I have to say that uh, they're, they're the ones to watch. So uh, I'm, I feel very great to be uh, the first out of the block, leading the way, and with a wonderful cover as well. I mean, I just think it's uh, oh. uh, an incredible book, and um, no doubt going to do very well. Look forward to reading more. Well, Thank you very, very much. Pleasure. It's been a pleasure meeting you in a, a wonderful place. I know where you live. Yeah. Very that sounds like a line from a thread. <laughs> yes. um, I'll just dial 999. Thank you. <laughs> I've been listening to your podcast now and oh, thoroughly enjoying you. it. Thank well, you very much, Robert. Well, that was just wonderful to talk to Robert and find out more about his book. I think we've covered quite a few different publications uh, today. So let's just go through them again. We have The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt, Rivers of London, Waterweed by Ben Aronovich, uh, Dark Skies by L.J. Ross, 
Those Who Are Loved by Victoria Hislop and of course Killing Rock by Robert Dawes. Now next week I've got some amazing books to talk to you about, a brilliant author interview and another book box opening. I know you'll be excited because the requests I get for those, it's incredible. Um, so yes, can't wait to speak to you again next week. I'll see you very soon. Take care now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.